0: So this morning as we talk about the unspoiled devotion, I want us to look at what can spoil your devotion. What can spoil you so much that you miss wedding. There were ten virgins. Five wise, five foolish. That's the picture of the current church, the end time church. Fifty percent of the church is wise, fifty percent of the church is foolish. That's the picture of the church there. If you want to see where the church is and how it will be when he returns, it's fifty-fifty. And this morning I pray that here we are in the positive 50. The choice is yours. (laughs) Hallelujah. Talk to your neighbor and say, I am in the positive 50. I am in the positive 50. Hallelujah. So, I want us to understand a few things today, God willing, in fact he is willing, but time permitting, I am going to run through a number of things that I need us to fully understand, fully grasp the things that are in the Bible that we have been warned about that will happen if we are not careful to us even as Christians. If you read your Bible, it's not going to appear this one, Matthew chapter 20 number 4 Jesus is very clear. They have asked him a question about the last days, the end time period. And luck, like, and he is answering them before he explains a lot of things. He says in verse number f- in verse number 5, take heed that no one deceives you. Before he answered their questions, he warns them about one big strategy of the enemy which is deception. You see, if there is anything that is going to spoil your devotion, your commitment, your surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is devotion. The devil has one strategy that he has used right from the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. He continues to use, he will use until Jesus appears. And that strategy is called deception or simple leading astray. And ladies and gentlemen, you sitting here this morning filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be deceived. Because the enemy is very crafty in how he does his things. He's a very skilled deceiver, a very skilled liar. Because he can masquerade to be anything that attracts you, but takes you off track. And Jesus warns, That in the last days, take heed that no one deceives you. And he goes on to say, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. I am the man of God. I am the servant of God. I am the anointed. I am the prophet. I am the teacher. I am this. I heard the voice of God. I heard God say this. I heard this and that and that. And if you are not careful, you can be led astray. Are you with me this morning? Going to our scripture, let's go on to our scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is exactly what Paul is trying to show us in that scripture. Let's read it together, if you can put it. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray for, from a sincere and pure devotion. For Christ. Other versions would say from the simplicity of Christ. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is very simple. The gospel is very simple. If you are not careful, they will lead you from this simplicity into this complex gospel that makes you so weary and so tired. A gospel of so many rituals. You have to do a lot of things before you get to Christ. When you walk in here, you have got to do a lot of things because you are walking in a holy place. This and that and that. I think you see it every day. They are taking you away from the simplicity of Christ because he is my Lord. He is my brother. He's my friend. He's my savior. I am with him every day. I don't meet him when I walk here. I walk with him in him. To this place. And it goes on, Paul says, let's go on to verse number 4, which is my interest. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, Or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. He is showing us three areas of deception in that scripture. Three areas of deception. Three areas where the enemy will deceive you if you are not careful in that scripture. Let's name them. The first area is another Jesus. A Jesus different from the one that Paul preached. He has the same name, but he is different. This Jesus that they preach these days everywhere is the Jesus who loves sin. It's the Jesus who allows anything and everything because his grace is sufficient unto us. Yeah? It's the Jesus, who hurts people? You and me are believing in one Jesus, but we hate one another. And we are still following Jesus. That's a different Jesus. Because if we are following the Jesus of the Bible, he commands you to love me, whether you like it or not. Loving your neighbor is not your choice. It's an instruction from heaven. Loving others is not by choice. Being kind to one another is not by choice. Running away from sin is not by choice. You have got to. Hating sin is not an issue of democratic choices. It's what you are commanded to do. But these days you see a different Jesus. A license kind of Jesus who tolerates everything, who loves everything. And Paul says, there is going to be another Jesus. And he warns us in his letters about this another Jesus. And the other thing that he talks about there, that is a point of deception, is a different spirit. When you receive a different spirit from the one that you have received. When you came to the Lord Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit who teaches you everything. The Spirit who convicted you and broke you down and took you away from everything. And caused you to love the Lord and do everything. You were on fire for God. Do you remember the first days you met Jesus? But look at you now. Another spirit has crept in. The spirit that says you are abused. You are being used. You are too forward. The spirit that says why should it be me while others are seated down. Yeah? The spirit that says you are tired. You can't do this. The spirit that says you are afraid. The spirit that says that is not allowed. You can't minister here. You can't share Christ here. You can't share the gospel there. The spirit that says "Mm -mm, keep it to yourself. The spirit that says me and my rights. The spirit that says it is my right to sin. God has taken care of this sin. You can continue sinning. He took care of your sins on the cross of Calvary. Keep sinning, girl. Keep sinning, man. His grace is sufficient. He died so that you can enjoy sinning. Wrong gospel. Number three. What is the 30 point? A different gospel. A different gospel from the one that they preached. The apostles, right from the beginning, that says, Flee sin, flee adultery, flee idolatry, flee that and that. Yeah. The gospel today says, Indulge. Today's gospel, ladies and gentlemen, let me show you how deception has worked through and how it works. To spoil your devotion. Congratulations, you are born again. But your devotion is unto the devil. More than it is directed to Christ. And the devil enjoys it. If you can steal your worship. Remember what he said to Jesus when he tried to deceive him. You remember in Matthew chapter 4, if you worship me, I'll give you everything. And because these days we are driven by things, we worship him for everything. Yeah? We worship him for everything. And sometimes we worship him unknowingly. May the spirit enlighten us so we can know when our worship is wrong. You heard me this morning. You see, deception makes wrong anti-Christ philosophies and teachings look sound and so easy and so cool. I've said that certain strategy of deception, let me put it this way, his strategy for deception involves two things, conformity and compromise. He loves you to Conform to the standards of the world. Conform to the habits of the world. Conform to the patterns of the world. Conform to the behaviors of the world. Conform to the characters of the world. Be like the world. Make no difference. Do you know that you have been called out of the world? but the devil wants you to be like the world so that you can have no influence against him. You are just like anyone else. Many of us today in the church, we are just like anyone else. There's no difference. Absolutely no difference. We are comfortable with anything. Comfortable with demons. Comfortable with sins. Comfortable with anything that is the nature of Satan. Even in the church. And meanwhile. He loves it. If he can come in here and survive. Come in here and sing. Come in here and preach. He is in charge. Because you and me have conformed. To the patterns of the world. And the patterns of the world about glorifying humanity. The world teaching. Is such that you desire to be your own God, which is carnality. And we have a lot of carnal men in the church. You see, the teaching that is in the world today is about the, the glorification of the human being, the human man, the human value, the human dignity, the human self-esteem, the human confidence, the human progress, the human development, the human prosperity. That's why they've brought in this powerful prosperity message which aims at elevating your human ego and nothing else. So that you have, when I have a big car, I have acquired status. And when I've been here, you say, wow. Uh-huh. And who is elevated there? Jesus? Or you? Did I say don't have cars? I did it. When I walk in here dressed to kill. Yeah? with my perfume smelling all over here. Who is glorified? Did I say don't use your perfumes? I didn't. (laughs) But I am saying look at how selfish the church has become. Yeah? No simplicity. Too extravagant. Like them in the world. We come to church, we compete with our suits, with our dresses, with our shoes. The mboneni gospel. See me, gospel. That's human glorification. It comes from the so-called human rights that they are teaching all over the world. Your rights as a human being, when you come to God's rights for you, which you choose, That's your question. Because what you can run with as human rights are nothing to what God has prepared for you and to what God wants you to become. And you get stuck in the pattern of the world, which is now in the body of Christ. Because most of the body of Christ is in that trip. The teaching, like I have said, is the elevation of the human man. Human role-playing even in the church. You know these days in the church is who is who. Yeah? You run around a man more than you run around God. You bow to a man more than you bow to God. Yeah? I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I was once close to it. Yeah, men have become God in the church. The focus is the man of God. The only one anointed in the house. All of you are beggars of his anointing. And you must buy it with your monies and everything else. It is giving to the anointing. Where in the Bible did you see Paul teach that? Show me anywhere in the Bible where you saw Timothy saying my father Paul. even when Paul says my son Timothy Timothy doesn't say my father Paul because Timothy and Paul understand that in this kingdom there is one father the father who is in heaven and Jesus teaches his disciples and say call no one father but your father who is in heaven and we love it my father my spiritual father, my spiritual papa, my spiritual husband. Where do you get that from? That's the doctrine of demons. I pray you will liberate yourselves from that trap. Mm. It sounds good, powerful, when you say my spiritual dad It's powerful. My spiritual mama, papa, the man of God. But is it biblical? Is it part of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? God help us. Man has become the center. Your needs are your desires. So your needs and your desires are according to you and never according to God. That's the gospel. What I want i want whether jesus says no or not as long as my papa says it it is mine even if it will kill you tomorrow even if it will cause you to take be slide because the man of god said it get it you are hearing me this morning let's let's get to second timothy chapter number 4 Let's see these things. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse 3 to 5. Let's read it together. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Because when you do sound teaching, Christians these days feel offended. They leave the church. And they look for another one. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. If you have not seen it, welcome to it. Because it is there. I don't like when so-and-so is teaching. I wish Clive could be the one teaching throughout. <laughs> because he speaks to what my ear wants to. Mm-hmm. Are we together? And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into midst. so many myths in the body of Christ these days. You wonder where they come from. Because they are listening to wrong things, running away from the biblical truth, and hearing from people who say they heard from God. The moment you don't read your Bible, and uh, you base on what a man of God will say, you are bound to be misled. If you can't check scriptures. I saw it. God shot me. You, you are going to marry this one. Stand up. The wedding is next week. And because you are desperate for a wedding. And God never even spoke to you about that person. Ah, the man of God saw it. Why would God speak to that man about you? And not telling you. Because you are his son. And you have a relationship with him. May the man of God confirm what God has already told you. That's how you live. That's how you live. You heard me. And as for you. As for you. Here. Be. Sober-minded. Don't just get drunk by the standards of the world. Be sober-minded. Jesus says, take heed what you hear. Because what you hear can either make you sober or make you drunk and confused. Endure suffering. Let them mock you. Let them laugh at you. Let them say you are confused. Let them say you are brainwashed. You don't think. Let them say it. But listen to me. Very careful. One day, he is coming. And we shall all know and see who is confused and who is not confused. For now, The problem is you are afraid of suffering because the gospel that has been preached is so much that when you are a Christian, there are no tribulations. When you are a Christian, there is no suffering. That's the gospel they have taught. It is a wrong gospel. Look at Paul's testimonies about himself. Show me where he says I have 38 tailor-made suits. And 68 pairs of shoes bought from Dubai. I have three Lamborghinis. And these days is the new Toyota, what you call it, GT-6, whatever. I have the GT-6, seven of them. Eh? Show me where Paul boasts about such things. I will show you Paul where Paul boasts about suffering. How he has endured persecution for the gospel. How he has gone through suffering. How he has been beaten 40 minus 1 times. Yeah? How he has suffered, beaten by snakes. Almost drowned in the sea. This and that. Hated by this one and that one. But did he give up? That's the testimony of an end time believer. But the challenge with you and me, we want to boast about the size of our account. The clothes we are wearing. The food we are eating, the ring my husband bought me, this, 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 that, 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 that. Did you see my hairstyle? Uh, My hair comes from Brazil. This one comes from Cuba. Did you see that? And that, and that. Those are the testimonies of today's believer. Do you think when you're facing a challenge, face-to-face with the devil, and begin to say, I am wearing I do. Perfume. I am this and the devil will run away. Congratulations if he does. He's acquainted to those things. Sometimes they are his. Are you hearing me? If you're going to stay in sound, unspoiled devotion, beware of this. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Are you afraid of suffering for being a believer? Then you haven't started. You haven't started to be a Christian. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Share about Jesus. Tell about Jesus. Speak about Jesus. Everywhere. All of us. That is our ministry. To tell the world about Jesus. How good he has been to you and me. Where he took you from. Where you are now. And where you are going. That's the testimony of the church. Your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus. Drives the same car with yours. Or better still. So how would you come here and boast about that car? Which a demon is driving, also doesn't make sense. Boast about something greater than they can acquire. Are you with me this morning? Let's move on. You see, what you see here is a theology around the glory of men, not God, turning away from the gospel of Christ, preferring fables, folk tale, in in, baby lullabas, the old woman, old man stories. If you go back to your rural homes and meet your old people, elder people, they, they tell you stories. Before my mother got back, Bedridden. My mother is sick. Has been bedridden for some time now. She no longer tells me stories. But before then, I could go home. She will start telling me stories. Yeah, so and so was bewitched by this one. So and so this. So and so that that, that. out here, and my wife will say, mm, "Your mother, I live with your stories, telling stories." <laughs> the church today. It's about such stories. Who is anointed more than the other? Who is a man of God and who is not? Who is better? Who is rich? Who preaches better? Who is this? Those are folk tales. Those are not stories of the children of God. Those are civilian issues. And you and me are not involved in such a gospel. Because we are not in competition. He is anointed the way he is for you. For your betterment. Enjoy it. tap it. Look at everyone around you. They do the gospel the way they do for your sake. If they understand it. They are gifted for the body. For the edification of believers. Not for competition. Not for boasting, not for being proud. No, 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 no. None here is better than the other. Even as I stand here, I am not better than you. I'm just a gift to edify you. You are a gift different from mine. Why don't you do your work of ministry? I'm listening to me this morning. When you do that, we are strong together and we are winning together. And Christ is glorified. Let me show you. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This will be my last. Verse 3. I saw it, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. Let's go quickly on that one. But understand this that in the last days. There will come times of difficulty. I love my King James Version. It says perilous times. Yeah? For people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. Proud. Arrogant. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Heartless, un- oh, and yeah. unappeasable, <laughs> slanderers, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, sullen with conceit, sullenish <laughs> with conceit, lovers of pleasure, Rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness. But denying its power. Avoid such. Stop there for a while. Did you hear the last instruction? What's the last instruction? Avoid such. What you need to understand is that you are a Christian in perilous times where they are perilous men. Perilous times there, it simply means harsh times. Savage times. With savage people. If you saw everything we read there, those are savage people. Yeah? Very dangerous people. Hard to deal with people. Some of them are found in the body of Christ. Paul is writing to the church, not to the world. And he is warning the church that in your midst you could have such savages. In the savage times. And he says, avoid such Don't pray about avoiding them. Just avoid them. Walk away from them. Don't bother God asking whether it is wise or not to do it. The Bible says avoid such. Walk out. Are you with me this morning? Let's let's look at this. Precisely. I wanted to, to do this. It's a perilous time. No. Go back to perilous time and perilous men. This is a definition of the society that we are ministering to. That we are living in. We are Christians in this society. I had written something. I'm not sure whether it's there. That is a society that is barren of virtue but abounding in vices. That's your society today. And you are a Christian there. Let me show you where your challenge is. Your challenge is that in this society, you believe that you are unable. You believe that you are not anointed. You believe that you Do not match the standard. You don't have to match the standard of society. You are already of a higher standard. You are above and not with them. You are equipped and you are fully able by the Holy Spirit who indwells you to remain a person in a society abounding with vices. Falling for the vices, walking like the world, becoming a victim of this society is not an issue of prayer, but is an issue of your choices. You have believed wrongly that society is too strong for you. It is not. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. So this world, apart from how dangerous it appears, is nothing to the one in me. And therefore nothing to me. I am well able. I'm above only and not beneath. I rule there as king and a priest unto Jesus. I reign with Christ Jesus in this corrupt world. Are you with me? The reason why you are still alive and you were born at a time such as this is that Jesus and God knew you were capable. You were able. Talk to your neighbor and say you are able. Stop crying about these things. You see, from the first appearing of Christ in the manger until his second coming, People will be characterized by all kinds of self-centered and unnatural perversions that we saw. Never think even a single day you will wake up in a world without those things. You will walk among them. You will work among them. You will worship among them. You will minister to them and among them. They will be there until he comes. Your duty is not allow them spoil your devotion. Your duty is not allow them spoil who you are. It's not allow them to deter. It's not allow them to blunt the sharpness of your faith. These vices and challenges are meant to sharpen your faith as a believer. So you can cut deeper. So whenever you stand in their midst to talk, they keep quiet or walk away. Are you with me this morning? How bold are you this morning? If you are talking of unspoiled devotion, it requires boldness. Because the world is threatening your faith and threatening your boldness. If you can't stand the world will eat you. The world will put you in their pocket. The world will shape you. You will look like them. They will walk to your church and they tell you what to say when they are in your midst. And you begin to lie. And you begin to talk what they want. And you begin to tell them they are chosen by God. They are sent by God. You will begin to speak foolish things. And meanwhile, your conscience is being seared. Yeah? And after saying all those things, you don't repent. And they build onto that. Before you know it, you are their toy. How many of us this morning want to be Satan's toy? That's a bad thing. Hear it from me. But I pray that you choose him wise unspoiled devotion. Jude says something as I finish this morning. Content for the faith. He says in verse 4 that certain men have crept in in the body of Christ. And they are teaching crazy stuff. But you content for the faith that is unspoiled devotion can you stand up for Jesus can you stand up for your faith can you stand up for your beliefs ladies and gentlemen study the word stay in the world read the world be informed by the world love one another here as believers here here we need each other by yourself the world will take you out yeah The world will say it's okay to stay home and worship by yourself. The world will say it's okay. Don't talk to them. Mm -hmm. You are too poor for them. You don't have nice clothes to fit in. But you forget that what fits you in is the blood of Jesus. Not these garments. Are you listening to me this morning? All of us here are qualified. Not by our educational qualifications or the universities we went to. By the blood of Jesus. We are one, one body, one family, one house, one nation, one kingdom, one people through the blood. And we have to safeguard God one another. During the course of the week, I'm finishing. Now I'm talking like a father in the house. In brackets. I am finishing. During the course of the week, what do you do? With who? How many? of us here do you engage with? Do you talk to? Here, in King City Church. How many do you call? How many do you go for coffee with? Here, amongst ourselves. If you want to be strong, if you want to be safe, come together. Walk together. You are friends. You are brothers. You are sisters. Your brethren. You are children of God. Take care of each other. Carry one another's burden. Fight together. Pray for one another. That's how you devote. Love your neighbor. Lift them up. Give to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Minister to their children. Minister to their teenagers. Some are struggling here. They go and seek help from the world while you are here. And you are shutting your space. That is poor devotion. Are you with me this morning? Open up your space. Open up your hearts to one another. Let's be a family, united, going somewhere, together. When we are together, the devil is jealous. Make him more jealous, more mad. He is under your feet in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who we are in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we are your children. Lord, my prayer is the spirit of unity in the face of an onslaught against the body of Christ by the enemy. Thanks for the unity that Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17 when he was about to depart. That all of us here be one together as we are one with him and as he is one with you. Our God and our Father, we thank you for that unity, for that mind to be together, that mind to be family, that mind to love one another, that mind to show up, Lord, for one another. We pray for it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen and amen.